0: Jesus, why Um, did you bring it? And here's the thing: it it came up. It would have got weird if I didn't talk about it. Okay.
1: Welcome to another episode of the MacGuffin Podcast, the movie review podcast that dreams are made of. Keith Foster from San Diego, you are the co-host.
0: Cassidy Robinson, you are the co-co-host from Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, we are now in uh, November,
1: so even though we're still, (laughs) we're we're kind of like tying up our, our Halloween extravaganza with uh, the movies we're talking about today, specifically uh, uh, Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse and uh, The Eyes of My Mother. So this is the black and white horror episode. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll ask you a little bit. How was your Halloween? Did you do anything fun?
0: Uh, it was fine. It was kind of a low-key year. Um, we... Uh, we have this annual tradition of uh, we go on a, a what's called a booze cruise, but it's like B-O-O, like boo. I
1: like, get it.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so we do that every year, but it's on a Sunday night uh, every year, and then we always have to work the next day. Mm-hmm. So that's always a little rough. And then on actual Halloween, we were expecting, because we got some trick-or-treaters last year, um, this year we got like two groups and then uh one small group of very stoned adults <laughs> um and like that was it so uh it was kind of a low low key i feel like I feel like Halloween sort of i I feel like it sort of burnt through itself a little prematurely this year, but that's what happens when it's on, like, a Thursday.
1: Yeah, it's never it's never ideal when it lands on the middle of the week, because everyone's gonna do it the weekend before. That, that's just kind of how it
0: goes. But... Well, you know- I've, I've seen some shit that's like, people are trying to get Halloween moved to the last Friday of October, and I say nay to that. I say, oh, yeah? fuck that noise. It has to be the 31st. It's October 31st. Uh, If anything, I think we should make, like, November 1st, like, a bullshit bank holiday. Uh Um, Like, call it Hallow Day or something. Um, (laughs) And so we get that day off. But no, no. You suck it up. It's the 31st. Why? Like, uh, is it it
1: because you want to maintain the, like, pagan tradition of All Hallows' Eve or something? Uh, I, I mean... Yeah, because you know... The 31st like, was probably picked
0: arbitrarily at some point anyway. I it just, it just needs to be. I don't know. It would feel weird to have Halloween be over before October is done. Like, it's just not... I'm not cool with that.
1: All right. I was going to say, I think it's also more and more common these days that uh, kids aren't going door-to-door trick-or-treating. Not just because of, like, you know all the stupid hoaxes about people giving their kids apples with razor blades and free edibles or whatever. (laughs) But, um, you know, I think generally speaking, it's easier for the parents and more fun for the kids. If you just like go to your local mall or go to your local big Halloween event and just haul ass and get like, you know, a bunch of candy in one sitting more
0: fun for the kids. I, I mean,
1: I think it's the new those... normal. I mean, when I was a kid, we were, you know, we were savages yeah. going door to door, getting God knows what from who knows what.
0: But, um, <laughs> okay. You're starting, you're starting <laughs> to sound like, uh, uh, like I'm a
1: million years old.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say like a Fox News correspondent, but,
1: um, <laughs> I enjoyed you know, it. I just, I, I like, I'm, you know, I always lived in small towns or whatever, so it was never a big deal. But, um, I
0: think. I think, like, trunk-or-treating is great for smaller kids. Yeah. Um, I, I I get that. I think that those options are great. Um, but, you know, if you got a group of kids and, and, you know, if it's not just, like, one or two kids, I, I don't see any problem with actual door-to-door trick-or-treating. I, I hope that doesn't ever totally go away.
1: I'm sure in some places it won't.
0: I will say I don't know what happened this year, uh, but this year in particular, I just like embraced the horror bug, mm. and I watched more horror movies this October than I think I have in like the last five years. It was kind nice. of nuts. So uh, you I really watched- got a lot of mileage out of
1: your uh, Shutter subscription, because I, I feel did, like yeah. I kind of like didn't use it as much as I should have. But I'm probably gonna keep it so.
0: I think I might keep it too. I actually I I don't know, we'll see. There's a couple things I still want to watch. Mm-hmm. Once I get through those, we'll see if I'm uh still still going to keep it. But um yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I saw some stuff that I probably wouldn't have normally watched um mm-hmm. along with some, you know, like perennials that I watch every year and so uh that being said, I am kind of ready to move on. <laughs> Um, right, I like i i have fully i fully embraced Halloween. I feel like, uh, at least spiritually, I was all in this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there were you know, there were ghouls and goblins all up in my brain. Um, but now you know it's it. I don't know. As soon as it turns November, I start getting that holiday spirit, my man. Um, yep. so you're it's ready a, it's to little-
1: settle into a a cup of. Hot apple cider, or uh, your uh, pumpkin spice mocha latte, or whatever the.
0: Fuck. Uh, our tradition is actually glühwein. It is a it is a, uh, a spiced Christmas wine um, that you you heat up, and it's very tasty. But yeah, I'm ready for I'm ready for you know like comfy socks. Uh, I'm ready for just to be wearing like a fucking robe you know all the time like a plush robe all the time when Mm -hmm. i'm indoors i'm just i'm ready to it doesn't get that cold in san diego but i'm ready to hunker down
1: (laughs) all right cool uh let's go ahead and catch up on our movie news we have a few stories here that uh some of these are a little aged now but that's okay i'm gonna tie two of these together because they're batman announcements which i think is um a quarter of the movie news that comes out now but,
0: God, yeah, there have
1: been and there's, been, sp- there's been others since these come out, but I don't think the others are quite as set in stone, so I'll just
0: go with these two. Uh, yeah, some, some of those are still rumors, so...
1: Right. Zoe Kravitz has been cast as Catwoman in the new The Batman, as well as Paul Dano as the Riddler. So we talked a little while ago about uh, the possibility of Jonah Hill... Playing either the Penguin or the Riddler, I guess he passed on it, or they passed on him, or whatever. Um, Paul Dano, kind of like the theme for this this uh, Batman project, it's never who I would have immediately thought of, but I'm okay with it. Um, Yeah. Whereas with Zoe Kravitz, actually, I think that's perfect, and I'm I'm surprised I didn't think
0: of it already uh she's good i I'm a little sad it isn't the the British woman I think she would have been really good too, but I do think Zoe Kravitz is a great choice mm-hmm. um I think she'll be awesome uh Paul Dano is yeah he's very similar to Robert Pattinson and like once it was said, I was like, oh, I can see that, but he wouldn't have been like on the top of my list right um my only hesitation with Paul Dano. Is can he play it normal enough to be like a villain? You know, like a like a can he be like a traditional villain? Because um, he always just sort of plays like this. I mean, he, it makes sense on paper. He always plays like just sort of this like creep misanthrope. Right. Um, but usually it's sort of a sex creep vibe. <laughs> uh, like I just I. But I think I think he makes sense. Um, yeah yeah so i I'm curious to see what they do there. Jeffrey Wright is gonna be Commissioner Gordon, which is an interesting choice. Is that set well. in stone? Yeah, that one's set in stone um, okay and then I've heard a couple rumors about possibly Colin Farrell being the penguin,
1: yeah, see that that's uh, one of the ones I don't think is uh is totally. Is, is totally been
0: negotiated,
1: so I, I I hesitate to talk about that. But
0: I mean, I'm not I'm not mad at the idea because I think Colin Farrell is a character actor trapped in a hot man's body. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you know, we'll we'll see. I'm I don't know. It's it's a little hard for me to sort of picture all of this, mm-hmm. like what it's gonna look like. But I'm, I'm getting a little nervous it. that they're just like. St- overcasting at this
1: point. Like I'm like, what is this movie gonna be? Is this just gonna be like the nineteen sixty nine Batman movie where every villain shows up at some point? Because I don't uh, want it to I, get I don't want it to get overcrowded, but I you know, you know, I'll let the movie I, I, be its own thing.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping it's it's intended to make Gotham feel lived in and feel yeah. threatening. Um I'm hoping that it's not going to be like a full you know like Spider-Man 3 type of thing where everyone is like playing a foil to Batman. I don't mm-hmm. think we need that. But I I don't really get that vibe like in a post Spider-Verse world. I feel like we can we can use our villains appropriately for the story hmm. while putting plenty of other stuff in there for like, you know, sort of world building and, and fun like Easter eggy stuff. I'm, I'm not honestly, I'm not too concerned with that. Okay. I think uh, I hope that Batman of all franchises has sort of learned that lesson but we'll see. Yes.
1: Uh, okay. Um, so uh, this story is very relevant to our review. Um, Robert Eggers is gathering Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe, and uh, the Skarsgard brothers, um, both uh, the one who played Pennywise and and the the attractive, <laughs> and the attractive, one. attractive one. Yeah. Um They're they're all gonna be uh, in some Viking revenge drama that he's that he's working on. It's his next project.
0: Okay. Uh I mean I don't know. From what I get with Robert Eggers, he's very into period pieces <laughs> um, yes, and uh i I think uh he's very into like folklore and sort mm-hmm. of um uh folklorish stories so uh I think you know this could be cool if it if it it makes sense like this all seems like it's skewed towards his interest as a filmmaker, so right. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, I wonder if Viking, you know, like what his take on that is going to be. Because I think traditional Viking films or media, people think of like the Viking TV show or like the 13th Warrior or something like that. It's like very, you know, swords and shields, uh, muddy battleground kind of stuff. And I just, I don't see him making that movie, per se. Um, No, I don't either. I mean, whatever. I, I I would imagine his, you know, his Viking thing is going to be like more similar to, like the seventh seal or something. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm, ex- I'm definitely honestly, excited I, for it. Oh, by the way, it's Bill and Alexander Skarsgård. Did you
0: ever? Did you ever see that weird Viking movie um, from Nicholas Winding Refn? Uh, Valhalla Rising. No, I have not. I, I'm getting like in my head that's sort of the vibe I'm immediately picturing. Mm-hmm. Um but I I don't know, I think uh I, I I'm definitely interested. Um say what you will about Robert Eggers, but uh he he definitely I'm uh I'm I wouldn't say he's a boring filmmaker, so um Right. Yeah, and again I think we'll get more into details on The Lighthouse later. Sure, episode, I
1: was a little hesitant but, uh, to bring this up on this episode for that reason, but um, it is an you know, it's a it's a crazy cast, and it's, it only looks like his projects are, you know, just getting bigger and bigger and, you know, more established. Netflix announces an animated TV version of the comic series Bone.
0: Oh. I... Didn't give a fuck until the last word of that sentence <laughs> <laughs> uh i I'm kind of like netflix is uh, is sort of frustrating to me at the moment
1: uh-huh um,
0: what with them you know canceling every one of their flagship titles um but they tend to spend a little more time, a little more love on their original series. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited for The Witcher. Uh, they, the full trailer released for that not too long ago, and it looks fucking dope. Um, and honestly, it is about time that Bone gets uh, some of the mainstream uh, media love that it deserves. Uh, for people who don't know, Bone is based off of a graphic novel series by cartoonist Jeff Smith. Um, it's about these these cute little creatures called that come from Boneville, and they end up sort of smack dab in the middle of this high fantasy epic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be sort of like if you saw Golden Age... Uh, like Mickey and Donald and Goofy, wander into Lord of the Rings. Uh, That's sort of the vibe it has, but with sort of like a Sunday comic strip quality. Right. Um, It's incredibly endearing. Um, The artwork is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, And it... It's sort of a slow burn. Like the first couple volumes, you don't realize how sort of epic in scope it is. And it is a great jumping on point um, for graphic novels, for like younger readers, for people who are interested. And it's honestly sort of shocking to me with all of the comic book properties that have been sort of gobbled up over the last 25 years and presented as movies or TV shows that Bone has never had representation that way um so right
1: for and that I, fact i'm v- i think that uh oh.
0: animation is the way to go here
1: and and you know even
0: 100 uh i mean I you could like
1: probably do like a uh you know 3d style animation and that would work okay um but i actually would would like to see it uh you know cell animated um
0: yeah i, I think honestly personally if I were to direct a bone like movie or show or whatever, I would probably do it like Roger rabbit uh, and have like the live action be live action with animation animated, you know, like 2d animation on top of that. But I know that's insanely ambitious. Right. Uh, 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 So I think that like in, in my mind, that's how I would picture it. But I think like, Traditional animation would be super awesome as well. Uh, But, you know, even if they go the 3D animation route, I think, um, I do think that just the style of the comic and the characters, it has to be sort of animated.
1: Yeah, the characters are are way too stylized and way too uh, reduced to be able to, like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie it.
0: Ugh. God, yeah. Yeah, I uh yeah, I would hope they they don't go that route. But um Right. I yeah, I think some like traditional two D cell animation would be really gorgeous. And yeah it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm in. I'm all in.
1: Yeah, it could be really cool. Okay, well uh let's let's not beat around the bush. Let's go ahead and get into the lighthouse. Uh this is a movie we've been talking about for a a little while and in anticipation of and uh, did you want me to set that up, or did you want to, or, or how do you want to do this?
0: I don't I don't know. It's kind of a weird one to set up. Uh, both of these movies that we're talking about this oh, week yeah. are kind of weird to set up. Yeah, we
1: got our, our uh, work cut out for
0: us, as far as that goes. I'll go ahead and talk about this one, because the Netflix homework was yours, so good luck with that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so, in The Lighthouse, we have um, Robert Pattinson... And uh Willem Defoe, they show up at this small, like craggy little lighthouse island. Um, and they're uh tasked with being the lighthouse keepers for for four weeks. Um and then and then at that point that's it. They get to go home. Um uh but the sea is an unpredictable mistress, uh things don't necessarily go exactly according to plan um, and through the, the isolation of the area that they're at, uh, completely cut off from any outside world um, uh, at least one of the characters starts to go a little crazy possibly both of them Right um, Yeah, it, it's, it's if you've seen the Vivich uh, or the witch, <laughs> um, then you, I feel like you kind of know what uh, this director's interests are as far as like making a folktale feel real. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is very much, I think, sort of the vibe that this has as well. But instead of like a New England witch story, it's, you know, uh, maritime. Tale of of uh, mermaids, possibly, and and uh, uh, just sort of the dangers of being seduced by the sea. I guess right.
1: There's a lot of uh, nudging towards mythology, and and not even just like kind of New England um, or uh, mythology that's like specific to americana um like the witch was which was you know a little bit of european and a lot of bit of like early uh massachusetts kind of like uh mythology but in this movie yeah, th- there's, this a of, more, like, there's a lot of like there's a lot of like allusions to like greek mythology uh-huh. and and like uh you know neptune is talked about there's there's some allusions to like prometheus and things like that, as far as mm-hmm. like the, the sort of the, the way these two characters um, are representative of archetypes. And um,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, a lot, I mean, you could, the, a lot of Greek tragedy, if you're going to go that route, there's a lot of elements of that, of sort of ironic punishments mm-hmm. um, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, before we get too deep into this review, uh, <laughs> okay. I want to just share, like, a couple of peripher- peripheral reviews I received of this movie, just sort of by eavesdropping on people. Okay. Um, so before I saw this movie, uh, this last weekend I was at a Trader Joe's, and I was in line at Trader Joe's, and there was this old couple in front of me, and they were just like, you know, they were a fucking old couple, and mm-hmm. they were sort of overly chatty with the cash register clerk. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, how are you guys doing tonight? And they're like, I mean, all right. We just walked out of a movie. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. I guess it wasn't so good then, huh? Uh-huh. And they were like, no, we didn't like it at all. Like, obviously sort of fishing. Right. Uh, and he's finally, he's like, gives into them. And he's like, uh, uh, oh, what did you see? The lighthouse. It was <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> we we were about halfway through, and we just realized we don't care what happens to either of these characters, like at all. <laughs> <laughs> they were so old and grumpy about it. So yeah, that yeah. is, uh, that is their eavesdropped Trader Joe's uh, checkout line review of this. Right. And then uh, I actually saw this movie last night, and as I was coming out of the movie, there were these like very broy type. Guys like, like college age, like Uh definitely looking for like some kind of horror, like, uh, you know, kind of maybe monster flick even. Yeah. Uh, And they come out of it, and I almost started like laughing. They were right behind me, and one of them just goes, "Man, what the fuck was that?" (laughs) (laughs) And the other guy's just like. I don't know, man. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, what the fuck did we just watch, man? <laughs> I don't know, but it was fucking nuts. It, it wasn't very good. Nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> so um, if you find yourself in either of those demographics of like college bro or old person, this might not be for you, apparently.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'll say this about the movie. And I, um, you know, off the top, I liked it. Um, and I uh, I think there's a lot to get out of it. But I, I do think that the movie does kind of have a limited appeal
0: um, oh, on yeah, purpose. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is art house horror. Like, it's... Right.
1: With a capital A.
0: Yeah it's not meant uh, Yes Uh, And it's just funny because I think this movie uh, Probably because of the Reputation of the witch got Maybe a wider release uh, Than normal yeah, yeah that, then it might have normal. I mean, this so, is this
1: movie is, you know, it, it helps that it also has Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson as the leads, uh, so it's getting yeah. a little bit of more distribution because of that, too. But, I mean, let's, you know, it's a black-and-white film that's shot in a uh, one nineteen one square, uh, like, perfect square aspect ratio that hasn't been used since the 1930s. Robert Eggers even went back and, like, had to use... Um, antiqued lenses to shoot the film.
0: Um, oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, like you used lenses that had not been used since the 30s to be able to, to get that aspect ratio. And yeah, you know, it's a grainy black and white thing full of symbolism and uh, everyone's speaking in really thick, period, accurate accents that are a little difficult to understand. Um, and you know, it's being sold as a horror film because, yeah and there are, there are definitely like gothic horror elements to it. Like for sure. I I
0: would straight up just, I would say this is a horror movie, but it's, it's not a, it's not a slasher movie. It's not a monster movie. Uh, and it's not a cut
1: and dry, like genre piece in that way. Like I, I I mean,
0: if you like films, it's it's definitely a. It's a mood picture. It's all about uh, making you sort of feel this isolation, this um, this uh, psychological breakdown. It's very intentional for making you feel a little bit claustrophobic, like uh, which I I did think that was an interesting choice to do it in this square aspect ratio, um, but to watch it on like a modern movie screen was a little bizarre. Like it definitely took me some getting used to Mm -hmm. and throughout most of the movie. I was like expecting it to at some point pan out. Um, So I, I do think that was an interesting choice. I I don't know that I necessarily loved it, but it was, um, uh, it was uh, that, choice specifically um it was definitely well, it gives it the the feel of like
1: uh a discovered piece of footage not like not like a found footage like because um uh people might remember when uh the Blair Witch Project was released in 1999 it was shot on like a square aspect ratio and it was kind of like you know just projected onto normal uh Theater screens in that way, and that really kind of puts you in the idea of like we found these reels, and now we're showing it to you. Um, but there is an aspect of that to this as well, like like you're being part of this like special exhibition of this weird footage. Um, mm-hmm. So it helps kind of like transport you in that way, and I think that that's you know one of the things he's really into as a director is like really putting you in a time and place. Um, yes. And this this takes this is supposed to take place at, like the. End of the nineteenth century, like right before the turn of the century, um, so there is like a lack of modern convenience. Nobody has cell phones. Nobody has electricity for the most part. You know, I think um, going back to uh, those people that you overheard, um, this is also, I think, kind of been the year of the fussy follow up um, from these sort of horror aute- auteurs if you're looking at this film if you're looking at us if you're looking at midsummer um these are films that totally make sense that these directors made these films like mm-hmm. it is very much in line with their interests and their their sensibilities
0: but uh it Maybe a little more ambitious a little more, more experimental a,
1: more experimental a little less A straightforward with the genre stuff, a little less crowd pleasing in some ways. Um, Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I think it 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 takes it's asking a little bit more from the audience.
0: Well, and yeah, I mean, honestly, I think uh, of those movies you just mentioned, even The Witch was a little bit more fringe than than say Hereditary or or Get Out, you know, which were. which are definitely, um, have that auteur feel and, and definitely, um, feel very intentional, but they, you know, they do feel a little bit more commercially accessible and viable. Um, right. whereas, yeah, I get, I think that, you know, all, all of these sort of follow-up movies have been about the directors sort of, uh, testing their audiences in, in Fun ways, I think. Yeah, um, I I think it's fun to watch. You know, I don't want just more of the same. I want to see, I want to see what else uh, you know these directors have um, to come yeah. up with. Um, and there is
1: aspects of this film that I think are in some ways more crowd pleasing than The Witch, um, even though I think The Witch is like a a kind of tighter, leaner uh, genre exercise. And I think can kind of, in the right sort of um, atmosphere, like on a Halloween day or something like that, or, you know, you're talking, you're showing it to a class of like folklore people or whatever. Um, I think it plays a little smoother than The Lighthouse, but I do think like The Lighthouse has a lot more humor than The Witch.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely a certain type of humor. It's not like jokes. Yeah. Yeah. But there's you know there's a lot of sort of non sequitur, uh, uh, sort of natural reactions that I think come off as pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some some pretty good irony. And I think Willem Dafoe is like
1: you know acting the hell out of that role, and he's playing it big and campy.
0: Well, I mean, they're both acting the hell out of it, but yes, Willem Dafoe's character is is. Much broader, he has sort of this fun, like pirate speech, right? Um, whereas Robert Pattinson plays it pretty close to the chest, yeah. Uh, he his character is brooding, he's got this sort of secretive past. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he, he he seems to be at this lighthouse to sort of escape. Um, whereas Willem Dafoe, his character. You know he he's straight up a wiki. He's <laughs> he's mm-hmm. a, a lighthouse man, like through and through. And and because of that, yeah, he has some pretty great moments uh, and some some pretty fun scenery to chew.
1: Right. But even if you look at like the the way that the movie's cut, because there's there's a lot of these like hard edits in the movie. Yeah. Um, and it seems to you know he Eggers kind of puts you in a scene puts you in a mood and, you know, a conversation set piece where at one point they're like uh, ignoring each other or fighting each other. And they're really, really upset. And it seems like, you know, they couldn't be a further apart um, ideologically or you know uh, in temperament. And then there'll be this hard edit. And then the next scene you see, they're like drunk and dancing with each other by candlelight.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's a pretty interesting movie um i i mean it's it's interesting <laughs> like it's uh I came out of it because uh, i yeah I came out of it just sort of feeling like drained mm-hmm. but in sort of a good way like I felt like I got to sort of experience what these characters went through mm-hmm. um and, and, you know, as far as storytelling, that's great. That's, like, the ideal, right? That's that's what we want is to to uh, feel this. But it's sort of the, just this, like, bleak, gross, dirty, wet, cold world that you're living in, you know, uh, uh, that's meant to exhaust you mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I came out of it just like, oh, I'm kind of done for the night. Like, oh. I You know, uh, but but I think all of that speaks to the effectiveness of the movie and and uh, especially the direction like this is a cold, bleak movie uh, that's as fun as it can be for the type of movie that it is. And and I appreciate those moments of levity uh, because otherwise I feel like this movie would just be kind of a slog. Right. Um, And he also does, like, a big part of this movie is, uh, so it's based off of, you know, this movie has an unreliable narrator. Yes. But to the point where... There's almost like
1: two unreliable narrators, because even though we're seeing the entire movie from Pattinson's perspective, um, there is a sort of mirror... uh,
0: Identity yeah. uh, questioning aspect to the film. Well, you you never know how much of it is. And here's this is sort of the point I was trying to get to, is most times with unreliable narrators, at a certain point in the movie. Uh, you're given some kind of clue as to what the truth is outside of your main character. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the time, but for the most part, you're at, and it's usually done as some like some sort of twist ending or whatever right. of like, uh, you know, here's what's really going on. And this movie doesn't do that, so you never really know is. Robert Pattinson losing his mind, or is Willem Dafoe uh, just completely gaslighting him to the point of insanity?
1: Right. And or both. the
0: conditions of the
1: island itself driving him insane.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, because, like, you know, a character will say something, and then they'll, they'll do something that flat out contradicts what they just said, or... Um, they'll have just done something and then, you know, either they're lying about it or one of them is crazy. But in ways that I thought was like, not in ways that ever lost me from the narrative, uh, but in ways where I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I'm never going to know if this character just lost his fucking marbles or not.
1: Right. And the witch played with that a little bit too, as far as like, what are what we seeing actually happening or is it um you know some sort of like uh uh crop mold induced hallucinant mass hallucination that's going on
0: but yes but i i feel like in the witch you get you at least get answers whether or not they're the right answers you Mm -hmm. at least get answers whereas in this there's more of kind of a more of kind of a solid
1: payoff in The Witch, I feel. And and I feel like it's a lot more sort of um, thematically driven. Whereas this film is a little bit more of a mood piece, is a little bit more of a tone piece. And there's definitely themes that it's exploring. Certainly, you know, uh, uh, sexual frustration is a big theme that uh, reoccurs throughout the film. Masculine panic and and these types of things. Uh, But I don't, it doesn't um it doesn't seem to have kind of like a a singular drive in the in the same way and in some ways i feel like that makes this a little less satisfying as a watch but i definitely commend the film for for uh attempting what it's doing
0: see i to uh, and i might disagree with you a little bit here but uh I I actually found it more satisfying because there's because there are all of these things going on mm-hmm. um that I was always sort of the witch is a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. And this is a little bit more like I'm trying to put pieces to a puzzle together that that doesn't make sense. Like I'm trying to put a Jackson Pollock puzzle together. Like even right. if I get the whole picture, it's not going to be this uh, representational image, um, at least straight through. But I, I actually, I really liked that about the movie. I think that's one of the strong points. It's
1: intentionally disorienting.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. think that for the 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 setting and and. And that's kind of what I was talking about in the news story about the, the Viking picture is I think that Robert Eggers takes just a completely unique approach to setting in trying to make it feel simultaneously as realistic and as cinematic as possible. Right. Uh, and, and to me that makes his movies really exciting to watch.
1: Yeah. I mean, he goes through, uh, intense amounts of research putting together everything even down to you know making sure that the that the dialogue is period accurate and making sure that uh, the 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 costuming like even down to like the types of buttons that are on you know the clothes i remember when he talked about the witch he he had everything hand stitched even though like to the you know naked eye or whatever for watching it on a film nobody would know if it was run through a sewing machine, but it mattered to him that everything was hand-stitched and that they didn't use, you know, nail guns to build the sheds and stuff that they actually used, like, period accurate
0: nail and hammer. Hey, Man, I I remember uh, when we watched the movie Timeline, mm-hmm. uh, nothing drove me more nuts than in this scene when they're, like, getting away from these, like, orcs or whatever. I don't remember that movie for shit. <laughs> but I do remember that they're in, they're in, getting away in a boat, uh-huh. and you can see fucking staples in yep. the boat, yep. and it drove me nuts. It looked so bad, uh, you know. And you cannot say that about his, uh, Robert Eggers' movies. No, because- every
1: every single thing is, um, you know. And they built the White House uh, for the film um, as a set. You know, so it's not like they went out and found some old lighthouse and then, you know, dressed it up a little bit or anything like that. Like he it was important to him to be able to use use the set and be able to manipulate it. However, you know, if he had to put in like removable walls or whatever to get the camera in certain places, Um, but so that, it, you know, he could control everything on set. And the only ironically, the only thing they weren't able to control was the weather, which is almost like another (laughs) character in the
0: film. Yeah, definitely. That's that's a that's pretty funny. Uh, that's man. If I was like a college level history teacher, I would fucking love this director because I'd be like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. great movie day, right? <laughs> uh, because it just it does it feels so. Uh, both of his movies so far feel so authentic, right? Um, in you know say what you will about the story. I get that that's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Um, uh, but I feel like there should at least be an appreciation of the the painstaking detail uh, that that is applied to these movies. Yes. Um, that that being said, you know we're talking a lot about like the craft of the movie itself. Um. Uh, but I actually really enjoyed the movie, like the, oh. the actual story. Like I I actually really liked both characters. And seeing them sort of the way they descend feels very literary. Yeah. Um, and it feels very play like because you know it's two people in one location. Obviously, there's there's stuff that happens with film, uh, uh, film technique that you can't do in a play. Um, But it still has, especially at the beginning it has sort of a stagey quality to it that i thought was really fun
1: for sure um,
0: yeah i mean it's, it's a chamber piece yeah it's and you know i and it's character piece it's mm-hmm. and uh both actors are playing these characters to the bone and and i thought that was really cool and fun to watch
1: yeah i liked it a lot uh and i i i really enjoyed the journey of it like I said, I think I, I oh I I appreciate sort of the thematic drive of the witch a little bit more, and I think it has the witch has a punchier payoff. But I do like this film a lot, and I think it's just, it it is kind of dizzying and disorienting and, and surreal and weird, um, and like you know, uh, uh, homoerotic and and, and terrifying <laughs> yeah. all at the same time. And it's exploring a lot of interesting things. And um, I think I've stated before, I think the the influences that loom the largest over this director's work are, you know, there's a a decent amount of Kubrick going on here, especially the way the the movie sort of moves and movements is very Um, Mm Shining-esque. But there's a heavy, heavy hand of Ingmar Bergman uh, all over this movie, um, even more so than his previous film. And uh, I definitely feel like sort of the surrealism of uh, something like Hour of the Wolf um, or uh, the weird split dual identity stuff. And, the you know, the two two hander actor um, aspect of it uh, from uh, Persona, which I think was made right around the same time as Hour of the Wolf. So, you know, if people are interested in uh, you know, that style of cinema or where Eggers is drawing a lot from, take a look at those movies. Uh, and I, and I think you can also feel sort of the, the paranoia and the, uh, the sort of existential dread of, um, early Polanski movies like, uh, like repulsion as well. So, and that's, that's, you know, the really where the, where this film, uh, is genealogically connected. It's less so from like hammer horror or from, from universal horror or something like that. Uh, and it's much more connected to kind of like a European sensibility.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. Uh, all right, do you have a letter grade for it?
1: Um, yeah, I give this a B plus. Uh, I, I I do like it a lot, I, but I um, it overstays its welcome a little bit, and uh, and um, I think people, especially if you liked the witch there's a lot to like here as well. And I think Willem Dafoe is probably going to be nominated for this. Um, and I, y- I would hope yeah. that, uh, that uh, both Eggers and uh, uh, cinematographer Jaron Blatchkey both get nods as well.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, the cinematography especially is, it, 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 there are some shots in this that are haunting. Yeah. Um, really good. You won't look at uh,
1: seagulls the same way.
0: <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, and the fact that the aspect ratio was weird, like the fact that he was able to put as much into a square mm-hmm. as he as they were able to do, uh, I think speaks to the cinematography even more. Yeah, um, I, I, I give this an A minus. Um, okay, just like sheer craft. Uh, you is undeniable, but I do agree with you. It is a little long in the tooth. Yeah. Um. I do. I do think that's intentional to sort of help build the mania in the audience as well as uh the characters. But um, you know, it's it's not an easy watch. Like you know, I, I like I said, I came out of it feeling a little bit drained. I was glad I saw it. Yeah. Um. But it was a little. It's it's not a Marvel movie. It's not you know like it's something to sort of think about and chew on while you're watching it. Yeah, um, it it,
1: t- it takes a little bit from from the audience. Like you you have to sort of uh, you have to put in a little bit of work as you're watching.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I still think it's an impeccably made movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so A minus.
1: Cool. All right. Uh, let's get on now with the uh, Netflix homework, which I assigned to you last week, and, or the week before last, and that is The Eyes of My Mother. Um, uh, the Eyes of My Mother was released in 2016. It's a horror film from writer-director Nicholas Pesci, P-E-S-C-E?
0: I don't know how to pronounce it.
1: And uh, this is a uh, pretty brutal movie. Um, both emotionally and viscerally. Um, And I was not entirely prepared for that (laughs) before going in. I remember seeing the trailer, and it was one of those trailers where they just kind of like, you know, show a bunch of like weird imagery um, and then, you know, throw Mm -hmm. a title on it. And I was like, all right, that looks weird. I'll see it. Um, And it's uh, like the film that we talked talked about before, shot in black and white. Um, uh, this is a regular aspect ratio, and it's I believe it's shot digital. Um, but it's very kind of chiaroscuro, uh, moody, painterly kind of uh, uh, cinematography being used as here as well. The story um, is basically there's a, uh, a small family that live out in the woods. Uh, or live out in sort of the countryside, kind of away from society generally. A young mother, a sort of older father and their young daughter, um, a person of bad intent kind of wanders on uh, into their home and kills the mother. Uh, The father decides to take justice into his own hands, and they end up um, keeping this person barely alive in their barn for a number of years. Their young daughter's, You know, one of her jobs at the farm is to feed the weird and prison slave man in the barn. Um, And uh, as you might expect, that has a a sort of traumatizing and dehumanizing effect on her as she grows older. And uh, yeah, you know, basically this is a a sort of deconstruction of the um, nuclear family and a sort of perversion of... Of family norms, um, or societal norms. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way that I can put that.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm going to be honest with you right yeah. out of the gate. I did not really care for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's funny because, you know, I watched it today, and I just watched The Lighthouse last night. And yeah. These movies definitely share a similar DNA. Um kind of, yeah. But this movie sort of irritated me. Um it it this is this is art house with a capital A. Uh here's the thing. I don't I don't want completely shit on it. Hmm. Um I do think it has moments of uh of amazing like scenes, uh, but I think this it, this movie, I, I so compare this to The Lighthouse again, uh, which is just under two hours. This is like barely feature length, yeah. Um, hour 16, Phil felt like 10 times longer to me. Hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know, I felt like this movie because it was if i don't know this felt very film school to me to be honest like it it's so withholding and it's so built around setting this mood that i think it kind of hamstrings itself in a, in a few places i don't know i i continue i was getting kind of frustrated with it because i felt like uh, the the movie would cut away at strange times mm-hmm. and i get I get it to a certain extent. Again, unlike The Lighthouse, I never really got like a clear sense of time or place. Uh, and so that left me like, there are just so many levels of this feeling alien to me that yeah. it, it felt a little. It felt it's cold. A little, it's a very cold film. Mm, but it, more than that, it feels a little made up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. Like it. I get I get what? you I get what you're saying there I, and and you know I I think that the intention of the film is to be artsy um and that's yeah. kind of why like there's not a lot of score that's used or background music or anything like that it's a, it's not trying
0: to manipulate you in that way um yeah but this movie's definitely manipulating <laughs> uh it, and it I think it does it I think it goes so far to feel like it's not doing it, that that in itself becomes a manipulation. I don't. Yeah, know. no, it, it just, I agree.
1: I, I and I would I would agree with you that the film. Um, I think yeah. You know, I'll start with the things I like about it. I think it's uh, I think it's well shot. I think it's uh, yeah. I think you know the performances are cold and kind of alien, but effective to a certain point
0: um and i do think that that's intentional so i don't you know i don't think um yeah. i don't think any of the acting is bad no no, no 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 uh, I, uh, I, and i think
1: I, that uh, yeah. i i like um and I, I like the fact that the movie's sort of uncompromising when it goes for the jugular when it goes for the horror stuff it goes for it and it's it's you know it's pretty fucked up um uh, and yes, it, the black and white aspect of it sort of obscures that a little bit because you know everything is kind of stylized and everything is is removed a little bit from reality because we're seeing it not in color and mm-hmm. in some ways I'm thankful for that
0: because it's it's really really gruy yeah it, and and I don't think that they necessarily needed to to. Like I, I'm not even saying like I had to see the blood or the violence. Um, yeah. In fact, I think that's where this movie is the best. Yeah. Uh, is when it sort of restrains itself from the bloodletting. Um. It, it it's sort of the everything else that I'm like, okay. Like if, just a lot of it felt like a stretch to me no uh, yeah i'm i'm not i'm not i'm disagreeing with you i'm just i just
1: want to give the movie props where I think it deserves it um, sure yeah I, I think they, that they, it it's 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 tweaked and it's definitely morose um my issue with the movie is it feels pointlessly so um
0: yes, I yeah don't that's that's what I'm trying to say is that it 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 there are times when it feels like it's doing it just for the sake of Air quotes being artistic, not right, but necessarily I feel like, like. I feel
1: like that even though it's it's going for artsy, it comes off more as edgy. You know what I mean, and not edgy in like yeah. a, a sincere way, but in kind of a tryhard way. Um, yes, yeah, and I I I often kind of like you know during the more difficult parts of the movie when it's getting into the violence or it's getting into like this complete depravity, I asked myself like, what is this about? Mm-hmm. And other than, like I said, sort of this sort of perversion of the nuclear family or something like that, I couldn't really come up with much else. And I felt like the movie was about as deep as a puddle. Mm-hmm. And so I actually don't think it even achieves art house or artsy. I think it it's at best kind of a gorehound
0: movie um but that's but without, dressed like an art house film. But without any of the gore, like it's it's sort of it's sort of strange because it's it's sort of a bloodless movie for the most part. There's some some sort of crazy torture scenes. Yeah. Um but you never really see the violence. You never see the torture explicitly. Uh you know, you just start, you're seeing sort of the tail end of it. Um, right, right. But but and I, that's what i mean i think that those moves are sort of the only things that elevate this mm. is the fact that it's not just for shock or for torture porn or whatever um i but if it's not for those things what is it for
1: like what is like what is the movie giving us if I don't if, know, man. if you're not if, sort if, of my, if it's not just to kind of gross you out or to make you feel uncomfortable then what is the like bigger picture here
0: i th- exactly uh, and i think there are some issues with uh with believability as well like i think you know i i think the choice to have the main character be a woman i thought that um, was interesting
1: because we don't I we don't see
0: we don't see like um serial
1: killer movies or, or or things with women very often and i thought that the you know there is kind of a little bit of like there is there is some thematic stuff here about trauma i think that that's you know pretty evident yes
0: yeah and and specifically uh i really i think the the third act sort of answers that question for me a little bit um, of why it's a woman but but really, that made it feel a little less believable to me, um, uh-huh. uh, because like you said, we we don't see many movies about female killers and stuff, but but that's because it, I think largely- I
1: mean, unless it's, it's like a scorned lover kind of thing, or it's like a misery or something like that, then yeah, then then you do. But you don't see- well, I'm, not, what- I'm not
0: saying it's non-existent, but largely, you know, like- women killers in in real life are motivated by very different things than than male killers in real life and right you don't this type of this pattern of behavior uh is really unusual for a woman like it's it's unusual period you know it's yeah uh, 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 but the fact that it's a woman is like just from the facts that we have of the movie just mm-hmm. from like what the movie actually gives us i kind of didn't buy it i was like what okay but like why like i i get it you know she's like a kid but you know <laughs> right. like i i i never s- th- this movie never gives you like the moment the leap happens um and i again i just sort of totally
1: didn't you know what actually there was a, there was a few different contexts that made me appreciate it a little bit but i had to like sort of displace it from where it is into a certain context to be able to do this i thought about that um that quote from sin city uh the the graphic novel where uh where they say like you know people don't go out to the to the farms like bad things happen at the farms (laughs) Uh um and i kind of thought like okay like if this movie took place in the in the world of sin city And, like, we were, if this was just some fucked up ass shit that was happening out there, sure. Sure. That makes perfect sense in that context. But Sin City is so stylized
0: and and is.
1: Right. And is obviously heightened and and everything like that. And to a certain extent, this movie is too, but in a very different way. Um, Yeah, I I just never. Totally I also thought like somebody like listened to uh the Alson Chain Man in a box and just decided to like make a movie out of that uh, out of that concept <laughs> kind of <laughs> um, uh, but and you know and under and that's what I'm saying like the movie is like wants it wants you to think it's like you know high it, art high art but in reality I think this is this is closer to schlock
0: that that's what I mean when I say it and at Ashlock, I think school-y. it is. You
1: can choose to enjoy it that way, but it is deeply unpleasant.
0: Yes, yeah, and that and that's exactly what I'm saying when I say this feels kind of film schooly. And I think yeah. maybe this would have been better served as just like a short instead of For trying sure. to get feature length because there are moments that. Are really good. Like, uh, like when yeah, the, the stranger- filmmaking is not necessarily bad. Actually, there's, there's,
1: m- uh, multiple, uh, you know, scenes of atmosphere that are, that are very chilling.
0: Yeah. A, a particular note, like the, the scene when the stranger arrives at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, I felt like that was all pretty well done. Um, uh, the stuff in the barn is always
1: like pretty hardcore. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pretty full um, on some of the stuff with the dad. Yeah. I think was pretty artistic and horrific at the same time. I like I think there are moments that the movie's uh, sort of
1: there's definitely I, I, nods to to Texas Chainsaw Massacre
0: in more than one place. I, and Psycho. Yeah. For uh, sure. Yeah, it, totally. And and I I think it I think if it had just I don't know, maybe Toned down, toned down the the pretension a yeah. little bit. I would have enjoyed it a lot more if
1: it like, had kind of embraced this, what it is exactly. a little bit more.
0: Yeah, that's what I wanted this movie to do was to just like lean into it, mm-hmm. uh, and not not necessarily like again for gore or or anything like that. Um, you know, even keep the black and white, but like we don't need this slow like. Crawl, uh, sort of like Italian <laughs> pacing, it, right. is, like threw me off. This movie's kind of a slog <laughs> uh, for a yeah. lot of it. I thought. Well, it's also it's it's so cold
1: and and it's uh, a little impenetrable. And I think yeah. that's that's the main problem is there's there's nobody in this movie that acts like a human being. With the except, yeah. there's like one maybe two characters that show up very briefly. Um, who I can kind of like relate to in any sort of way. Um, And I felt like if we had had just either if the main character had been a little bit more sympathetic um, or or if, uh, if uh, there was some other sort of character that we could kind of put ourselves into a little bit, then we could, Mm -hmm. we could even enjoy like how weird everything else is. But with it, you know, being so, so kind of arm's length, uh for, exactly. the, for the whole it's of so the film it's so
0: detached. that yeah,
1: it, it that you can't even really enjoy the genre stuff because you're just thinking like the movie just feels kind of like needlessly sadistic and weird and
0: yeah and, and when it's not you're trying to like put all the pieces together like i said, like i said this movie never really like i never get a solid sense of where or when this is happening and i think even if we do a little at the end, um, but I think you know. Even if we had maybe just had like a little bit more context for this world that is being created, uh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe that could have helped. I I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. But overall, I wasn't super into this. I I, I agree. I don't. I would. I would
1: maybe mildly recommended to a certain type of horror fan. If just like, you're really just kind of looking for something you haven't seen before or whatever. Like I, you know, because I, the filmmaking is good. It's just the movie's not good. Yes, If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. It just, it never quite, it never becomes better than the sum of its parts. Exactly. All right,
1: cool. Well, that is this episode. And, uh, next week, um, what are we doing for our Netflix homework?
0: Uh, next week, we're changing it up. We're getting out of Horrorsville, and we are, uh, we're going to watch... What's the movie called? My Name is Dolomite? Is that what it's called? I think so. A Dolomite is my name. Um, okay. Uh, sort of a comeback vehicle, direct to Netflix uh, for Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Sort of a dramatic comedy
1: Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. And if anybody has anything to say about any of the things we talked about in this episode, uh, you can email us at mcguffinpod at gmail.com or you can uh, add us on Twitter or Instagram at mcguffinpod. Um, and you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mcguffinpod where we also post our episodes and the news stories that we talk about. Um... You can follow me individually at BC Cassidy on Twitter and you can read uh, some of my writing that I do for the Idaho State Journal at the Idaho State Journal's website under their arts and entertainment tab. Um, and be sure to check out the McGuffins website, McGuff.in, to see uh, when episodes go up and to be able to see, read the other writing of the McGuffin staff. Keith, what are your things?
0: Um, you can follow me on uh Twitter at Keith Foster Kid. You can also follow me on Instagram at Keith Foster Kid. I've also um I started doing a separate uh art account on Instagram, uh participating in Inktober. So you can check those out at Sticky Note Aesthetic. Um and the, uh, the uh, aesthetic specifically
1: is that you're drawing all of these pictures on sticky notes, right?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that, like, every picture, I because I've already posted one that, like, wasn't sticky note. Oh, um, okay. But just, like, you know, it's I have a lot of them for work. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, it's, it's easy for me to do, like, little doodles at work and stuff. Um, and so I just... I don't know. I found myself uh, enjoying that and, and trying to make it a little bit of a thing. So, so yes, most of them are, are done on sticky notes. Um, that's predominantly what's going to be posted, but it's just sort of a catch all, uh, art account that I've created. Are you still there? I'm still here. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So follow that at sticky note aesthetic. Um, yeah, give me a, a like or two. Uh.
1: Yeah, and be sure to uh, keep reviewing and rating us on iTunes. Um, it always helps for people to be able to see the show. And uh, I think Keith is still drawing pictures for people. So, um, is that where yeah. they would? Is that the account that they would go up on, or how would it go?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. At this point, I would post them under Sticky Note Aesthetic. Uh, so you know, if you've left us a five star review. Um, send me a dm of you know the picture you'd be interested in and then i'll uh, i'll throw it up for you
1: all right and i believe that is going to be the end of the episode i seen you sparring with the gull best leave him be